Strider fans, 16. Ozuna is a thing again, apparently. Uh, we're one game behind the Mets, and things are looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, welcome to Chopcast. I'm Griffin. This is Sam. Um, and what a weekend for the Braves. What a, like, the whole last week. Um, really, only Sour Notes was just, like, the first uh Rockies game I think that was the only game that we lost last week um after that kind of tough Cardinal series Mm -hmm. um but yeah I wish these are one of those things where I wish right after that happened like I I would have the same energy I had about that Strider performance right now as I did like right when it happened um but Anyway, um, Sam, it's Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to? Yeah, it's a great question. It's it's definitely been an eventful one. Um, I think, obviously, for most sports fans, uh, this has been a pretty eventful weekend with college football coming back. Uh, my USC Trojans finally got, like, a great win. Um, it's been a while since I've seen, uh, the, you know, our guys just really stick it to another team. I think we beat Rice like sixty-six to fourteen or something like that. Had had three pick yeah. had three pick sixes. It was awesome. Uh, obviously the dog. It's also Rice. Yeah, exactly. But the thing but... is, like, I, I've just you know I don't want to I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, being a student there for the past four years, I just like literally never saw a convincing win. I mean, maybe once or twice, but it's it's always just been a tough go around. Um, so that was exciting. Obviously, the dogs just stuck it to Oregon. Uh, that was pretty fun mm-hmm. to watch as well. Uh, I know the score at half was like 28 to three. So of course that stings, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like everybody, everybody in the room, like honestly, most Georgia fans, if you're like a hardcore Georgia fan, you could really take or leave the Falcons. Um, and like, that's kind of my approach to it too like I, maybe that's an unpopular thing to say on a braves podcast mm, yeah um, like i i root for the falcons but like especially at this point with how they're playing it's like if they lose it's you know it's whatever yeah but, uh i you know i've shed tears over the falcons same yeah no times. <laughs> they, i mean <laughs> we we also definitely grew up um in in for reference we're both in our early 20s so like i, I mean the mm-hmm. the the prime like Falcons we saw it was like right when we were in like middle school and then like mostly high school and stuff. So I feel like we've had our, had our moments, but yeah, as of recent, it's just been hard to watch. I I saw a tweet the other day and it was like a screenshot of like all the starters uh, and like the projected like offensive linemen and receivers. And it's just so bad. Like it is, it's, (laughs) it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really hard to watch. Uh, I think, you know, now that I'm in New York, I might start following the Jets or the Giants a little more. Uh, maybe not switch it any better. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like, (laughs) you know, you you would think theoretically, but, uh, I don't know. might, might, you know, dabble in some other teams and and see what's going on, but I'll, I'll obviously be a Falcons fan at heart, you know, forever, but it's, yeah, tough. Not, 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 not much to look forward to on that front. Yeah, I think Marcus Mariota is in for a really rough year, yeah. more than likely. Yeah, and it's um, it, I, I think it it once again not to go on too much of a tangent, but I think it sucks because like I think everyone has like a little hope, you know? It's like oh, you know, that's Marcus Mariota, like he was a beast, and you know, at Oregon, like way back. I think he had like one good season in 2016 too, but it's yeah. it's not gonna be easy. I mean, when our arguably our best offensive player on paper is like Cordero Patterson, who's a 31 year old like return man who's playing running back yeah yeah i mean there's kyle pitts too yeah he's he's a unicorn but he's in a second season i think he still had a lot to prove quite honestly yeah but uh what else you do over the weekend uh weekend was just a lot of you know getting around the city bar hopping um took a few walks i'm right i'm right along the east river so it's been you know pretty up there and stuff and yeah, mostly just decompressing. Uh, I get full time. Uh, I've, I've been working here for the past two months, but we're actually going back in the office uh, full time starting this week. Yeah. So tomorrow's like my first, you know, actually like, like I've been, you know, I've met the team and met the people and like, it's a great time, but uh, it feels kind of like a first day tomorrow as well. Um, <laughs> so getting ramped up for that. I'm, I'm definitely excited though. It's a, it's a, it's a good time, but 
yeah, just a lot of sports watching, honestly. Got a, I, I think that's probably par for the course for most people. Yeah, this past weekend was really, really nice for that. Like, um, just how, just in general, how like the seasons come and go. Like every, t- I feel like every time for just anything about a season, um, both sports or just like in general, like with the weather and whatever, it's like you get to that point and you're like, God, I forgot how good this is. Mm-hmm. Or it's mm-hmm. like, God, I forgot how terrible this is. <laughs> Either one. It's um, it's it's really a cultural thing, and now like. I, I, it definitely settled in like waking up Saturday morning. I mean, there were some games Thursday night, um, like that Tennessee yeah. game was fun to watch, but I mean, also the uh, Penn state and, uh, the pit game. Those are, those are also great, but West Virginia, West Virginia. Pitt. Yeah. It was the, the battle of two former USC quarterbacks. So that was, that was cool. To yeah. Watch. But yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> uh, watch both those guys start throughout USC, but yeah, just waking up Saturday morning and like, having the full slate and there's just so much to look forward to. And there's always just a really good game. Like that, that's the beauty of college yeah. football is like just law of large numbers. There's going to be something good to watch. Uh, I feel like for most fans, that's probably the like LSU uh, FSU game was just incredible. Um, I think LSU had like a 99 yard drive to finish the game. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. Blocked PAT. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you can't write that. So it's insane. Crazy. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I did over the weekend too. Just watched a lot of football. Um, just, just uh, similar to uh, the Braves, you know, coming into this season, season world champs. Like the beginning, I felt like everybody kind of had a little bit of a lull, where it's like, who, who cares mm-hmm. if we lose? You know, mm-hmm. every like whatever game, yeah, or if we lose a series to the Nationals, like okay, it doesn't matter because it's the beginning of the season or world champs. Um, I get really, really nervous about UGA games, Mm. um, on the front end. Uh, you've, Sam's been at a, I've talked about this before, but at the national championship game in 2018, um, like I had a bunch of people over to my house. That was our senior year. And by the second half, I literally started developing like flu-like symptoms just <laughs> from the game. <laughs> like I didn't, I woke up the next day and I was fine, but I literally had a fever and like, like just, just develop literally, I was completely fine. And then all of a sudden I was like, I can't eat. I need to be by myself. And mm-hmm. I watched the rest of the game outside <laughs> by myself. Yeah. There, there was, um, there was definitely one point in the night where we looked around it's like, where is Griffin? He just like, he's got shepherd, <laughs> shepherd hooked like off, you know, off the stage or whatever. But yeah. I, I remember that yeah. pretty distinctly. Yeah. It's, it's tough being a, a diehard out here. Yeah. But, uh, now that's a different issue. Um, cause you know, we finally won and, um, I just didn't have a lot of intensity coming into the Oregon game because one, I was pretty, pretty confident we were going to win anyways, but there's always the, in the back of my head, I'm used to the Mark Rick years and it's like, we lose to people. Maybe we shouldn't Mm. Um, think back to like 2011 or 2012. uh, We played Boise state the first game of the year in some hideous uniforms and lost by like two or three scores um, in Atlanta, which was embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that was that game was awesome. I love seeing Bo Picks uh, do his thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two interceptions in the first half. So I, I saw a bunch. Um, of, I saw a bunch of memes. It was like, uh, like Bo Nix at Auburn, Bo Nix at Oregon, like just getting thrashed by Georgia on both on both sides. Yeah, yeah he's zero and four versus Georgia. Um, I didn't see it. Not his favorite team to face. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and I. It, it pissed me off at first, like a couple of years ago, when they started doing like Thursday games and Friday games and whatever. But I, as a fan now, as long as Georgia isn't one of those games, because I think it's a little demeaning in a way. Um, it's like, yeah, you get a lot of attention if you're playing that day. If you, you know, you otherwise wouldn't. But uh, I, as a fan of just football in general and sports, I, have, especially over Labor Day weekend, I appreciated the Thursday game the Friday game, Saturday, the last night's game, and now Georgia Tech and Clemson, which is going to be a fucking blowout. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, it's another thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, talking about the the sports that, 
you know, make this podcast a podcast, uh, baseball back to, <laughs> back to Braves baseball. Um, I am so happy, uh, that I watched almost the entirety of Spencer Strider's start. Um, I like, you know, if you're a diehard Braves fan, I feel like you watch, you can't watch every game because there's 162 of them. Mm. Um, and maybe, maybe there's somebody that is going to comment on this and say, <laughs> I watch every <laughs> single game. Um, which there, I guess there are. No, but there, there yeah, are there's like that, def- but, definitely some people out there that, that have done the feat. Um, but I feel like if you're a diehard Braves fan, you're watching at least 85, 90% of games, at least partially. Um, but, you know, you have that ever so often, especially like Strider on the mound or facing the Rockies. I was just kind of confident, anyways. I was like, just was like maybe i'll just want to do something else today like just play video games or just watch a movie or whatever but um i just threw it on in the corner uh like on my dual monitor watching it and then like um playing a game at the same time but it just the his pitching reeled me into the game so much like i just stopped the game of the video game and kept watching that um and then also getting to see like Jackson Stevens and Luke Jackson do some interviews was cool during the game. Mm-hmm. But something I've talked about before on here is kind of my distaste for really just two pitch starters. Um, Cause it's like, at some point I feel like you're going to get found out and you can't, you don't have something to rely on. But Spencer Strider is absolutely just making me uh, eat shit about that mm. right now. Like, this is definitely the deepest he's gone all year. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, he normally does kind of work it up in the count. And he only goes around five, usually each start. But this was something absolutely just insane on a whole bunch of levels um he set the braves the atlanta braves and this also include this is including milwaukee too someone i think someone had more from the boston braves um but he set the record for most strikeouts in a start or just in, in general in one game in Atlanta Braves and Milwaukee Braves history, which is insane when you think about the pitchers that have come through here. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that is not a small feat. No. Like, it's like they were saying um, after the game, it's like, or they, I think they were talking about this on John Boy on the Talking Baseball. It's like, um, if he set the record for like Rocky strikeouts, people would be like, oh, it's whatever. Um, but like he beat John Smoltz mm. and you think you get to think of everybody else too. Like he beat Tom Glavin and he Greg beat Maddox. Uh, Greg Maddox, <laughs> Phil Necro, like <laughs> just a ridiculous list of people. Um, but yeah, did you, uh, I know you were busy that night, which is unfortunate. Yeah, um, it's, it's super tough. Uh, I was, yeah. So that night I was, uh, I was at, this place watching the Tennessee foot, like, you know, football game instead of the Braves. And I'm walking back, uh, like probably 10, 15 minutes left in the Braves game at that point. And, and Griffin texts me, he's like, yeah, have you been watching the Braves game? And like, whenever I feel like whenever we exchange a text like that, like, are you watching this? Like something big is happening. Uh, and so immediately I, I just sprung into like, Oh shit. Like I definitely just mix, miss something. Griffin hits me. Yeah. It's like Strider 16 Ks. So, I listened to the last like inning on like the radio because I have like the 680 the fan app on my phone. Uh, but yeah, I missed it. I'm I'm so bummed about that because uh, I I feel like that that kind of record's one you realize like oh shit like just when it's you know not necessary it's like the interest level just goes like bigger and bigger and bigger. It's kind of like a no hitter. Um, also, you know, side note, there was a near no hitter this weekend in uh, Chicago, but you know that's besides mm-hmm. the point. Uh, but yeah, I missed it. It's a, it's a bummer. Did watch the highlights though, so I got to, got to see it. Yeah. What did you note from the highlights? 
about his pitching. I mean, okay, I will say, like, the one, the one, like, I guess it's kind of, I don't know how to put it, but the fact that he, like, let up a hit in the last inning, but, like, set it up for him to break the record was kind of nice. Like, I think it made Rays fans sweat a little. Um, But I think you're, like, right about the whole two-pitch thing. Like, he just, I think his placement is so good. Like, he, yeah, yeah, he just, like, he knows where the ball is going to go. And when you can throw that hard, it doesn't really matter. Um, especially if, you know, you've been through the, like, lineup if you, or been through, like, the opposing team team's lineup a few times. Like, you know, you know where batters are going to be looking, where their, like, hot spots are. Uh, Strider's just been unbelievable. And he's really just, like, risen to, like, absolute glory. Um, I love how – I feel like the Braves fan base is fantastic, but the fact that, like, he has just totally been, like, loved and accepted and the fact that they're doing, like, the mustache nights and everything now – um, he's an integral part of this Braves team now. And that's something I can't even imagine like saying even in April or May. Um, yeah. Back, yeah, back then he was just a bullpen guy, but it's it's been amazing to watch. He's making Max Freed look like nobody sometimes yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's just insane how guys like him and Harris and Grissom um, have just kind of come out of the woodworks mm-hmm. and – none of those guys were supposed to be integral parts of the team this year. Mm. And that's, I mean, along with, you know, having Olsen, um, and then I guess now you can like throw in Grossman and Odorizzi's getting better. And, uh, you know, maybe talk a little bit about him later or, mm. or not. I don't know, but, uh, it really does kind of take away the thought of like, uh, the, world series hangover because you have a lot of other guys who are a big part of your team now and i mean you could throw william Contreras in there too he was part of the team but i don't think he played in one postseason game yeah um, he also like he wasn't really reliable i remember when he was he was playing yeah. i was kind of like oh all right that, that stinks but we'll see how it goes yeah darno started every single game in the postseason and i don't think that uh Contreras ever had like a dh or yeah pinch hit or anything Contreras Um, is definitely just like a mascot like dugout warrior kind of guy yeah yeah that past year but Mm -hmm. um but so yeah you throw him in the the mix with that too like you got half your starting lineup Mm -hmm. and Kyle Wright did you know help at the end there but he wasn't part of the team most of the year um so you got like half of your rotation too and a number of the guys that are new in the bullpen that are big too, that it's like you still have a lot of the roots of the same players that are there, but you have all these other guys who are completely hungry for something that they didn't get to be a part of, Mm. um, really lead the team, um, in a way, but, uh, and, you know, picking up Acuna when he's still not a hundred percent, um, just been huge Mm. but um yeah back to just strider's performance i don't think we're analytical uh and in terms of velo and like uh he talks a lot about his uh axis like the spin on or his axis spin or spin axis or whatever um i don't think we're qualified enough to talk about the the details of that but he is a highly methodical, organized pitcher. Like, I've only, I've kind of, um, I know a lot of pitchers are becoming that way. And there's, like, you know, fewer Lance Lins who are just bulldogs and, like, intimidate people and just kind of throw it wherever they want. Um, but the way that he talks about everything is just so analytical and aware of what's going on um, that he really like I would have expected a lot of regression from him going this far in the season and he hasn't been used to pitching this often mm. like at any point in his career um I mean even at Clemson like he wasn't a big guy there uh so it's like a whole diff- new thing for him and when he started pitching more often I was thinking like okay when the original plan for him too was like go four or five and then we'll pull you at like 70 pitches at the max um and now he's going out there and throwing 103-something pitches, I think is what it was. 
and he was still throwing close to a hundred at the end of it. Like it's just mm. easy for him. Um, and that slider, I did just really have not given that pitch enough credit um, until now. Is the I mean the whole purpose of that pitch is to continually establish his fastball and mm. um, like you get late in the game people see the fastball more often you know they can ultimately try to time it up which is what happened when um, there was a hit and then I think it was an error because Olsen missed the ball which did lead to his you know getting another strikeout on top of it instead of just mm. a ground out um, but that whole last inning I think, or like the last two batters, I don't know if he threw a fastball. I think he only threw sliders. Um, and Brian McCann was like in the, they were sitting out in the outfield, uh, Chip and Jeff, and he was sitting with him. He was talking about like, when you throw the slider, you can see exactly where the hitter's at with it. Um, and they just swung every time, like uh, whether the slider was really located well or not put it exactly where he wanted to, like, directly underneath the zone. And they couldn't do anything about it. Um, just insane. Like, they knew what was coming to a point, and they couldn't do anything. Um, but, you know, it is a little early to say this. Um, but, I mean, Strider is looking like he's becoming a carbon copy of DeGrom, in a way. Um, and they actually like, there's a video where they line yeah, up. The side by, yeah. It's the pitching yeah. ninja video. I saw that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's very similar and they, you know, pitch just in general, like their pitches and what they're trying to do with batters is also very similar. And he modeled his slider after DeGrom too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know what, you know, this dude's going to look like next year, but we need to lock him up soon. <laughs> yeah, for real. He's, I mean, um, he's, like I said, I, I think he's just integral at this point. Um, and he's young, too. And, I, I mean, people on Twitter joke about the the whole, like, Alex Anthopoulos fleecing people, but that would be really nice right now to see, like, you know, Strider multi-year contract for, you know, below market price. But, obviously, we can't really, yeah. like, we can't we can't uh hedge our bets on that so yeah i mean we at least have control of him regardless until like 2027 so mm. it's something like that uh mm. but yeah um there's so much more that we could talk about him um but probably just uh going to keep moving on um we'll definitely be talking about him more and more in the future um mm -hmm. right i have one there was one other thing i wanted to say about it was uh right after that happened i was i was texting some people and i was like if you know for a lot of this year the nl rookie of the year has been kind of a toss-up between him and michael harris and then so i texted a couple of people i was like i think this solidified it for him because he got 16 strikeouts which is the most strikeouts that anybody's had since john gray in like 2016 mm. um and which is insane mm. but then like right after that happened um michael harris got named rookie of the month for the, for the second, second time. for the second time yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like you, you can I, I think the average MLB fan is not going to think twice about that. They're like, okay, 16, you know, 16 strikeout game happened, but I think the rookie of the month shit just like completely overshadows it as well. Yeah. But like, um, I didn't even realize how well Harris was hitting this path past month. Mm -hmm. He's just so consistent that it's becoming boring to watch him in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is something I think that's like what Snit said. It's like, uh, it's almost like madding, maddenly um, boring to watch these guys just because they produce so often. Um, but yeah, he hit like 330 um, with like a high 800s OPS for the month of August. Um, 
I also went and looked. So he's played 88 games, and he's at 15 home runs and 16 stolen bases. So he yeah, he has to have a you know a pretty. He can get the stolen bases easily, I think, but it's gonna be the question of the home runs if he can get five in a month to get to the 2020 um, level. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, wh- who do you who would you bet on right now to Ooh. win? I mean, I think like, I mean, it's it's kind of like an apples to oranges situation. I I hate to say it and I hate to cop out, but like just comparing a pitcher and a batter. Um, I think it really comes down just to like F4 and B4. I don't know where they're at. I actually going to look that up right now just to see. Um, I think knee jerk, I would give to Strider, but you know, it's like, I, I think you make a good point. Uh, and Snitz also said similar things where like Michael Harris is just so consistent that he just like, he just is a very good professional baseball player at this point. And like, yeah, I don't you even don't think see him as a rookie. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like I think I think Von Grissom being brought up kind of brought the whole like the kids thing back into like the limelight. Um, like those tweets are awesome. Where it's like you know Von and Michael together. It's like you know the kids are all right. But uh, yeah, I like I even forgot. It's like Michael Harris. Just he was like our nine hole hitter. He's a beast and like he was just doing his thing. Uh, but I guess um, I don't know. I think just like I said, knee jerk is probably gonna be. I would want Strider to get it because also like he's just awesome, and I think Mets fans really hate him, so that would be like <laughs> that. That would be much that'd be much funnier. But um, yeah, I guess at the moment, yeah, Michael Harris has a one forty three OPS plus, and Strider's got a one fifty five ERA plus. So that's kind of the adjusted mm-hmm. main stat. Um, so Strider might be. Um, let's see. Well, you're looking that up, like. I think the main thing about having, like, I would choose Harris right now, which mm. I was not thinking a couple of days ago, right after this happened. But mm. uh, when you just think of the level of production that they're both at, obviously Strider is at, like, an unbelievable level of production. Um, but I think he would really have to be, as, as compared to what, Strider's doing, or what Harris is doing. Mm-hmm. If you look at it this way, or here's a better example. Like, if you look at it between who's going to win the MVP, is it going to be Sandy Alcantara or uh, Paul Goldschmidt? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Very, yeah. Sandy Alcantara is a, which we, you know, kind of, that's another small. We shelled him. Thing, yeah. We, we shelled yeah, him. We absolutely destroyed him, which is, yeah. I thought that was an automatic loss because I was yeah. like, I was like, Charlie's going to do well, but I know that he's going to give up at least one homer, which is just like what it does every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did. I was, they went up 1-0, and I was like, yeah, I think that's <laughs> that's probably going to be good. That might, that might be it. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, so it's like the difference in level of value is that Paul Goldschmidt, in this case, is playing every day. Sandy's only playing one every five. Strider's only mm-hmm. playing one every five. Michael Harris is playing every day and i think he's been a starter in all those 88 games i could be wrong about that um but he's been a starter in at least 99 percent of his games yeah um and it's not even been like you know like he wasn't a heredia in the lineup or whatever he is a driving force um that has won us games Mm -hmm. um so i think there's a chance that they could do co-rookies of the year. I think they've done that before, but I would probably say it would be Harris at this point. Um, yeah. Unless also, he just falls off a cliff this month and strategies yeah. up, then I think it's probably going to be Harris. Yeah, I was I was going to chime in. Uh, Michael Harris has a 4.3 war, and Strider has 3.5. So I guess uh, – you all, I mean, you also raise a good point. Like, it's easy to forget that, like, this is an everyday player. Like he's going out in center field and he's running around every single day where Strider is just, you know, he's doing his shit and like, he's killing it, but it's once mm-hmm. every, you know, five games um, on average. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I guess what he state, would, yeah. What he's doing, he would have to be like DeGrom type numbers in terms of ERA, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, he's uh, what's his ERA at this point. 
Oh, it's like a two, two something. Se- it's two seven, two two six seven right now. Yeah, which is nuts. But yeah. I feel like to with Harris's production, he'd have to be like, you know, a pitcher's only really considered for MVP if they're having like a sub one five or a mm-hmm. sub one seven five. Um, yeah. Like that's kind of the year that Kershaw had it when he won. I think it was maybe like a two oh three or something like that. Just um, yeah, the, the type of guy you throw out there and you don't expect to lose the game. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, that'll be a debate raging on for the next month. And you know, either way, we come out on top. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Like, it's like we're celebrating. I one am perfectly other. happy with either guy, one of those guys winning. Um. But yeah. Also, I just noticed my name on here is uh, MacMichael McMichelson the tenth. Yeah, um, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's from a from a D and D thing. That we did. <laughs> um, but anyway, moving on. Uh, probably go through the next several things a little quicker. Um, so Zuna is. He got his first start back after a week and a half. So bef- before that was the Astros game where he went over two with two strikeouts and then got pulled. Um, I thought it was a really weird time for him to start for the first time in a while against Alcantara. I was like, this is doesn't make any sense to me. But Apparently he has really good splits against the guy, and um, I had a bunch of people in the comments of when I posted the lineup, and I was like, what does everybody think about this? Um, I had a guy after the game who was probably just, like, waiting waiting to say this. Um, got a comment the next morning, and he's like, dude's got a 3.42 uh, lifetime average against Alcantara, and he's like, brutal take, my guy. When anybody yeah. ever says my guy, like I want to punch him. I just yeah, that, that I just, is. I just really want to punch him. That's like um, buddy. It's just so so demeaning. And you know, you know, they had yeah. that locked and loaded as well. <laughs> yeah, they were. They had that. They just had it typed out and like on their uh, like on their clipboard ready. Yeah. To paste. <laughs> um. Ready, ready to go. But since he's come back, um, can you can you look at his last couple games? I don't know if I can pull it up right now. Um, against Alcantara, uh, he went, well, against Alcantara specifically, I think he went two for three. That game, he went two for four. Um, and the, the one of those, or no, it wasn't that game. It was the next game that he played. He had his first opposite field hit since May of 2021. Let's go. Opposite field home run. Sorry, not opposite field. Yeah, home. I was, was going to uh, say that. <laughs> I think that would be really bad. That would be mm-hmm. really bad. Which I mean, honestly, he's probably hasn't, hasn't had very many. He's he was pulling everything, um, but uh, and then granted, May is the time that he like dislocated his finger and broke it, and then got suspended shortly thereafter. So, but still to go for being a home run hitter, you know, he's got twenty something home runs now, and all of those were pulled is just not a great sign uh but looks like he's kind of correcting the ship a little bit um i don't know how much faith i have in it but it is looking better and at we've talked about like the dui or which i don't think it got demoted to just a either dwi or just a misdemeanor again um regardless yeah. of that whole situation what it was like i know a lot of people who were on his side were like, this was a really unjust DUI, like wasn't anywhere close to past the legal limit, um, which I think I agree with now looking at it. Um, doesn't make it not irresponsible, you know? Being yeah, yeah, he's... 4 he, he, it's like, bro, like, come on. Like, what, what are we... What it's are not we only... Here? It's like, not only are uh, you... A, you know, this is your job. You signed up for this. Signed a big contract to be healthy and be ready and, you know, uh, go into a bar on a Tuesday or something. There's something during the middle of the week after, a, you know, two series that you didn't have any participation in. Um, and then driving home 
obviously at least a little intoxicated at like four in the morning. So besides mm. that, like you also are a husband and a father, like you have kids, three, three um, kids. Yeah. yeah. Just a rough look in general. Um, my hope though, with his new production and whatever, is that obviously that he's fixed some stuff up because if he's mm. good, like, you know, he adds value to our team, obviously. Um, but also just hoping that this thing was kind of like an extra kick in the pants that he needed to just really look at what's going on with himself. Mm. Um, and I think he needed that humility again um, to really start kicking it back into gear. We'll see what he does. Um, but I don't have a ton of faith. He has looked much better. but And if he doesn't produce, like we, 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 we don't really need him. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. It's it's like the the Marlins series was uh, good, you know. Like, I, it's it's exciting to see him play better and start to get back on track. But at this point, it is what it is, and it's just so hard to like watch him come up to bat and like just knowing everything. I, I don't know. I don't want to go down the whole like talk about Marcelo Zuna tangent, but because I feel like we do this so much, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, writes a ship. Hopefully she makes some changes and Snit clearly is not afraid to play him. So I guess we're just going to, you know, like for the most, most we can get out of him. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm guess I, I know we all came to the consensus that it'd be best if he got released like two weeks mm-hmm. ago, um, which it looks like, you know, he's taken everything pretty well and he wasn't you know he didn't come at the media being like i did nothing wrong like uh he was like i'm trying to own up to my mistakes and mm-hmm. apologize to my teammates and he's been supportive in the dugout even when he hasn't been doing anything mm-hmm. so hopefully you know you can't really see a change of heart for the most part from being a fan and not being in the clubhouse but he's got to earn back respect for sure um mm-hmm. And hopefully he's doing that effectively. And um, he hasn't, you know, yet, like, there are definitely a number of other players who have much worse uh, behavioral problems uh, that would respond to not playing from this uh, much worse and, like, mm. in a lot worse ways. Um, so we'll see with him. And it, like, beyond the behavioral thing as well, like, uh, it was also his swing was devolving um, rapidly, uh, which we already know. He basically just times up fastballs all the time. He's not has not the best with uh, breaking balls, which he's adjusting a little bit. But something Jeff Rancourt would always say um, this this year is that his like his hips would just swing open like very wide on almost basically every swing that he had which is kind of showing that he's selling for a home run which is mm-hmm. why he had an average of like 200 OPS in the 600s and uh, had like 20 something home runs Yeah. Um, and it's great when he does it but you don't get a fastball groove like down the middle of the zone then it gets a pop out or a strikeout um but yeah, something to monitor. It is getting better and obviously gives us some more depth, which is nice. Um, makes it a good problem to have. Um, I would assume we'd probably stop playing. We'd start going back to the thing of not really having Contreras at DH, but maybe having him come in there every so often. Um, if you have a Zuna at DH, definitely don't put him in left field. Um, and then have mm. like either Grossman for lefties or Eddie for righties. Mm. Um, I, I think also also yeah. something we're talking about is there's like a clip that surfaced. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but it's a Von Grissom and William Contreras getting reps in the outfield. Um, so yeah, that could be. I mean, I know for Ozzy, Ozzy coming back. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think uh, that's a very I think that's much more on the table than we may realize as well. Uh, yeah. And Von, Definitely and Von Gris- see Contreras. Yeah. 
out there. Yeah, obviously. I mean, obviously, way, way more prefer Vaughn. And even Vaughn said, I think Vaughn may have even tweeted it or something. Uh, I could be mixing it up. But he, he definitely said at one point, like, you know, I'm willing to do whatever is best for the team. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to do whatever is most helpful. So, uh, and obviously, I, uh, he, he wants to stay at the major league level. So, yeah, I, I definitely think it would not be a good idea to have him out there for the postseason. Um, mm-hmm. But for now, have him anywhere on the field that you can put him. But mm-hmm. in bigger games where things are, there's a lot more pressure, and he's also 21 years old. And so I thought he was like a shortstop slash outfielder when he was a prospect, but apparently he's never played outfield before. Um, so you put him like a 21 year old kid out in like, say, say we're a wild card and we have to play Philly. And then we have an away yeah. game at Philly where they're throwing batteries <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, and just saying the worst things that a kid can hear, uh, just got to phase you a little bit. Um, mm. So, and I, I was talking to somebody, um, is Carson Strader, if he's listening in the DMs, uh, about like what the plan would be when Ozzy gets back. And don't know how, um, if this is really a possibility, because like, you know, Ozzy obviously has the second base position locked up and he probably is going to want to go exactly back to, you know, feeling normal. Which, if he needs that to feel normal, then put him there. But mm. with his injury, like him getting back so late, um, and then looking at like what Acuna, what's happened with him and his knee, and he's really not, he wasn't anywhere close to 100% when he started, and he's still not even close to 100% in terms of health. Mm. Um, it might be good to just kind of have Ozzy at the DH um, and have Vaughn stay at second base. Um, especially, I don't know, but for the rest of the year, I don't think that's going to end up happening, but just looking at how we've handled Ronald in terms of Ozzy's longevity, especially and production, I feel like that would be something to consider. What, mm. what would you think about that? Um, I don't know. I'm, I think, dude, I mean, honestly, just whatever Ozzy's feeling. Also, like, what is what is his timeline at the moment? Like, when is he going to uh, be back? I mean, he's at Gwinnett right now. He just started last week uh, at Gwinnett. Okay. So, probably as early as a week from now and as late as... I mean, it's going to be one to two weeks, probably, mm-hmm. before he's back. So, very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why they're probably having them run stuff in the outfield just in case. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Well, you want to keep going? Or you have anything more on that? No, I was just thinking. I was also also my mind was wandering towards toward uh, Soroka as well. I don't want to. I don't want to derail too much, but I was just thinking about rehab and stuff. Um, yeah, he's yeah. getting to the point where like I wonder if he's really. Because we don't need any starters right now. Like, um, yeah, we, yeah. Bryce Elder coming in and then filling in for Odorizzi has been really good, and Elder's looking very promising for the future. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, we don't have a spot for Elder on the team right now unless Odorizzi really starts fucking up. Because mm-hmm. we're not, we only need, you only need three solid starters for the postseason, and then we also have the option of Charlie Morton. And, you know, you could throw Odorizzi in if you need there. But, um, yeah, Charlie Morton's basically the backup guy for the bull or for the rotation right now, um, and uh, he'll definitely start a game if we go deep in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, Elder's not going to be a bullpen guy. Um. There's just no shot. Like he's not used to it. It'd be a terrible mm-hmm. time to throw him in. Um. And. Yeah, Soroka, like, I guess you could have him as a bullpen guy, but he's never pitched out of the bullpen for all I know. I know that Freed used to be a bullpen guy, but obviously he's not going to be in the bullpen. Yeah, no, no. Um, so I don't really know if he's actually going to end up coming back this year or if just like a publicity thing where it's like, oh, he's back and then wait till next mm-hmm. year. But I don't know. That is an interesting thought. I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. And he, he looks very close to being ready. He kind of got shelled in his second AAA 
game, or maybe it was his first. It was his first AAA game. He didn't do great, but his second and third, he's done pretty well. So, yeah, I have no idea how they're going to handle him. I would think that he's not going to be a big part in the playoffs unless we get like an injury or something in September. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I, I I do think you also raise a good point about just the publicity behind it. You know, I don't even know if I want him out there to be honest, because like we're yeah. fine at the moment. Uh. And that, I mean, that would just be such a shot to the confidence if you, you know, give him the big return and then he just sucks. Uh, might, I mean, I think you're right. It might be worth like a deep, like, playoff, just bring the boys to life, kind of bring him out yeah. or something. But it would be better know. than Tucker Davidson starting game five of the World Series for sure. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> let's not, let's not do that. Um, <laughs> not, yeah, yikes. Um, Third thing I had that I was going to talk about on here, but it's just kind of in the air. I mean, we can glance over this is we are now one game behind the Mets, which is insane to think about. Um, mm-hmm. And they haven't been bad by any stretch of the means. Um, no, no. That makes sense. But uh, they did just lose a series to the Nationals. It was either 2-2 two and two or they lost 1-2. Um, I think they lost 1-2. Okay. And it was yeah. at City Field, too, which is really rough. Um, yeah. Scherzer did get pulled from the second game, but they gave up, like, almost all those runs uh, towards right towards the end of the game. Um, but uh, And he's looking like he's going to come back for the next start, um, so they can't really complain too much about that. But, yeah, they got – I don't know if it's just, you know – the worst teams, they kind of become trap teams at the end of the year because they got nothing to lose. They're just going to go all out. Um, or if the Mets are starting to kind of lose it. Um, this, of course, happened after they just had the Dodgers come in and beat them in a series. So, yeah. And they did that stupid trumpet shit. <laughs> I mean, it was it was cool. If it was any team besides the Mets or the Phillies, I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. And it was. I, I... But I think it's. I, did, I think I, it's, I had a little hatred behind it for sure. It's. It's okay. It's objectively cool, but mm-hmm. it's gonna be a curse. I was talking to my brother about this, and he was like, "My brother. I mean, once again, like my brother's just a huge like diehard Mets fan. So it's like you know, it's actually kind of hostile at times <laughs> our texts with each other. Um, but uh, I was texting like, "Yo, like the Trump thing. Like that was kind of cool." And he's like, "I hope they never do it again." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> And he's just, he's just classic, like, just cynical, like, just does not see the positive in any Mets, like, related to that. Like, until they win the World Series, he'll not be happy. Uh, and I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I just know they're going to bring that fucking Timmy Trumpet guy back up in the playoffs, and Diaz is going to blow the game. And, like, honestly, that'd be kind of funny. But uh, the, there is there is a part of me that, that thinks it might be a curse. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how September goes for them. Yeah. Mets fans have definitely been getting pretty cocky this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I got a whole mm-hmm. bunch of other thoughts on that, but well, I I think it's best to just kind of hold some of those in and wait for when you know what next week yeah. looks like. Um, See what's gonna happen. Because we both have, they have like the rest of their teams have like a winning percentage of four thirty, and then the rest of our teams have a winning percentage of like four sixty average overall. Yeah, uh, they're they're starting off a series with the Pirates too. I think they play them like three times over the next two days, so we'll see see what happens there. Yeah, maybe uh, <laughs> just big Pirates fans right now. Um, yeah, exactly. Wait, the just, Jolly Roger. <laughs> yeah, just. Come out angry that you're on mm-hmm. one of the worst teams ever. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, we're kind of getting close to the end of the episode. I got dinner waiting on me and um, kind of need to poop. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, but uh, just run through a couple fan questions real quick. Um, I guess we already talked about this one. Um you just yeah, you completely glance over this one. But this one is from uh, Garito Ale. Um, so he asked, "Is there a reason Ozuna is doing well now?" I think we kind of went over yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he's seeming to kind of embrace the humility a little bit um, in terms of mental side of things, and he's starting to like not sell out for home runs now um, as often, which was pretty much all the time. Um, kind of keeping the hip more contained, I guess, and focusing more on trying to 
uh, anticipate uh, breaking balls, and he has been, you know, just timing up fastballs all the time. That's just, I feel like that's what we kind of already talked mm-hmm. about. Um, this one comes from our friend Alec Can, or Alec Can. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Kenley need? Uh, so you, uh, you answer first. Does Kenley need a rehab stint? Should Iglesias transition to the full-time closer? Yeah, I I mean I have I have very extensive thoughts on this situation. I think Rysel Iglesias should have been the closer the day he got to the Braves. Uh, Kenley is just like I, I feel like he's a bit washed to be quite honest. Like he's definitely got good stuff, but he's one of those guys that's just been so like shaky. And if he doesn't have it on the first pitch, he's not going to have it for the rest of the inning. Whereas like Rysel just has really good control. I mean, he's mainly been doing, like, 7th and 8th inning duties now, so it could be interesting to see how that transitions. But I think Ken, I think the main issue here is, like, obviously Rizal should probably step in that position, but Snitker is going to stand by Kenley because we saw this happen last season, too, with Will Smith, and it paid out, where he's like, this is my guy, this is the closer, ride or die, you know, till the end, and then it ended up working out. So I think, realistically, Kenley, Kenley will probably stay there for the most part, but, yeah, I, I think Rizal needs to... If if it was a fan vote, I think Rizal would probably be the guy. Yeah, that's definitely the recency bias thing is to just switch to Rizal. Um, fair, fair. And I would, I would, I would agree. I want right now. I'd rather have Rizal come in instead of Kenley. Kenley gives me a heart attack every time he comes in. Um, but I mean, I feel like this is kind of how he was with the Dodgers at well. I as well. I do think he is. You know approaching the end of his career and mm-hmm. he's not as dominant as he used to be mm-hmm. um but like we've talked about multiple times here before like you can kind of tell how he's gonna do the first couple pitches um mm-hmm. like against the cardinals uh when he blew the save had that walk off walk that was a miserable performance um because he also, like, he would work himself back into it, and he almost got out of it. Like, he already blew the save, and they scored. But, like, he struck out Goldschmidt uh, mm. on some great pitches, and then got to Arenado right after that. And I think there was one out then, or one or two. I think that, that Goldschmidt was the second out. And then got Arenado up and got two strikes easy. Like, uh, I think it was two cutters both swing and misses and then just try to throw another cutter and hit Arenado on the, like on the elbow and Mm. just, and then I think the next two were walks. Um, and yeah, he's either really good or really bad for me. There's not much of an in-between and even sometimes when he's really bad, he can get the save because like, it's usually like a three run lead. Like he gave up, uh, it was 3-0 the second game against the Rockies. He gave up a two-run bomb pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, still got out of it, but so like, yeah, still on. But it's it's Will Smith esque, you know. Like yeah. even even the games he wins, he provides a bit of a cardiac, you know. I do feel episode. like there is some injury stuff that either he or the team is just not really acknowledging, because um, he did come out. Um, in the game against the Marlins, the last game against the Marlins, where we had the walk-off walk, and he blew that save again. Mm-hmm. Um, he, which he's he's given up at least one run in his last four or five, I think, and not not good ones, not like well-earned runs. Um, mm. But uh, so if if you didn't see that one, like it was a two-two count or. 1-2, or 2-1, uh, just went right back into the ump's face, and then the ump w- went out with a concussion. And so they like were getting the gear on the next guy to go do it. Um, and it took like 20, or like 10 to 15 minutes. And yeah. then, I don't know if it was just Kenley was out of it at that point, or like, but, you know, like a starter's window for if there's a rain delay, they have like 45 minutes to an hour, and then if it goes over that, they get pulled. Um, I don't know. It's different for a closer, but he got pulled, and Matzik came in, literally pitched one pitch, and 
And then he got the win. Yeah. He got the win on that. Which is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Matt's got the win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like there's got to be a little injury something he's not really addressing. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that's maybe why Alec, Alec is saying uh, rehab stint. Um, I don't know how much that would do anything. Um, if you're if he's meaning more kind of like give Iglesias like a little window to try, I think that would be good. And I feel like the difference uh, last year with like Will Smith um, and then anybody else, like we had guys that could close, but it was Will Smith's job. Like he was really, we did have other closers in the pen, but he was like the most established, like that's his whole role. Um, And yeah, the reason I think it's not going to happen is it did work out last year, but it's kind of the same type of stubbornness from Snit where he's going to stick with his guy and it is very admirable in a way, but it's also just frustrating when you know Kenley's going to go out there and give up at least one run right now. Um, yeah. And you have a guy who is basically, we signed him to be our closer for at least the next two or three years um, in Rysel. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is like Kenley doesn't pitch anywhere else. Like he only closes. So. Yeah. It kind of takes away his use at all if he can't close. Um, yeah, I, I could see him being like a close game, seventh or eighth inning guy. But I think that's also yeah, a I good just, point. It's like ment- mentally, he's not he's not going to go out in the fifth or sixth inning. Like that's not his role. So yeah. I don't know. I think you kind of we gave you know Will Smith had a long leash, and mm-hmm. Kenley's done better than Will did all of last year. Um, so I don't know. I think we ride it out a little bit longer. Um, but I, I would like to kind of find out some more if Kenley's dealing with any injury. Cause it kind of seems like it, if that's the case, mm-hmm. then definitely pull him for Rysel. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, two more questions. Uh, how long will it take for Acuna to be fully healthy from, Bassmaster Braves fan twenty seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I'm no, I'm no doctor, so I can't, I can't give a full, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't give a full like prior diagnosis on that situation. But I, I'm okay. I'm gonna say this like, and this is gonna be, this might be a little inflammatory, but like, I don't think we should play Acuna in the outfield for the rest of the season. Like, I think he should just be a DH guy no matter how much we need him in the outfield. Because, like, the this is the issue with sports, is, like, just not even baseball, just, like, sports in general. It's, you have guys that are clearly, like, grimacing through pain. And, like, Ronnie, he even made a joke about it. He's like, oh, yeah, my knees in shambles, can't do anything. And then he followed up with three games on the DH. So I don't think he was really joking about that. Uh, it's yeah, just no, not he worth said, it. Like, he literally said, it's terrible, like, when asked yeah. about his knee situation. No, yeah, I and I, I, I think he's just yeah, straight like, up. I think it was tongue in cheek. Like I think there isn't there's like a hint of like aha oh, right, but like actually you know my knee's fucked up. So I think we should be really we should be saving him for the for the playoffs. Like we should not be messing around with this. It's not worth it. Um, yeah. I yeah I don't know. It's it's kind of it's a, it's a little scarier than I think many of us realize, especially considering the fact that he's the face of the franchise sans like maybe Ozzy Albies or you know the emergence of Michael Harris but yeah it's mm-hmm. it's I'm I mean I, I don't know that's that's those are my thoughts on the injury I don't know obviously when he's going to come back or not but that's just kind of my my first reaction yeah I think we definitely rushed him um yeah. like he you look as Braves fan we kind of just turn a blind eye to it because we're like we need him and yeah. we want Acuna yeah. back, but like that, he normally an ACL is like a year and a half and he did mm-hmm. it in like 10 months or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, a, or yeah, 10 or 11. Um, I think we definitely rushed it. And I remember like, 
at the beginning of the year, I was saying, like, if we're going to play him, like, I was frustrated with, like, us switching him DH to right field. It's, like, just stick to one. Um, mm. And I was, like, thinking he should just be in right field. But now looking back at it, I wish that he was just a DH. But the thing that kind of barred that from happening was how terrible Ozuna is in mm. the field and left. Um, and you only want him at DH. Which that's the concerning thing going forward, too. If Ozuna starts getting a lot better, in a way, kind of screws up the mm-hmm. outfield a little more. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think... It, he's not going to be 100% until the beginning of next year, like at no, the earliest. No, no, I don't no. think he's going to be... Like, you, you can tell, like, he's getting caught stealing often. Um, uh just not looking like doesn't have the same explosiveness he's heating it up with a bat again which is good but like and he's got the arm strength to throw it and you know keep people station to station but clearly not being able to book it like he used to and even just when he's around the bases in general it scares me um so yeah i think he does definitely just need a dh for the rest mm-hmm. of the year well especially i mean the games matter and we're trying to win the division so they do but they don't matter as much as like do or die in the postseason um so there's no yeah we don't need to risk it right now you need to have him in the lineup but not not in the outfield um yeah and last question what will our starting starting lineup look like next year um what do you think are going to be the main changes or differences? Uh man, I mean I have they're going to be I haven't th- yeah, I, I haven't th- the only the only long-term roster uh situation I've thought about is Dansby, you know, he's going to be a shortstop cuz he's going to be a free agent and he's going to I think he's going to get a lot of money uh just this day and age and like he's in a prove it year and he's like more than proved it at least up until this point. Uh, so that I think that's going to be the only major change. Uh, I think Charlie Morton's staying another year, right? Or is this his? There might be a club option, but he just signed another one year. Okay, yeah. So he'll, he'll – I mean, I think our rotation will stay probably the same. Um, definitely Strider, definitely Wright, definitely Freed. Uh, maybe Soroka, maybe Anderson. Um yeah, but other than that, I think the infield and outfield is going to stay relatively similar. I, I could see maybe Von Grissom DHing more with Ozzy back. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just I, I feel like it's it's so far in advance; it's hard to tell. Um, I know it's kind of a cop out answer, but I don't know. um, I, I still don't know what's going to happen with Dansby. The fact that he hasn't already re-signed is definitely concerning. Um, I don't know. We have the money to go out and get somebody like Trey Turner, or it, I, I feel like Xander Bogarts is going to opt out of his contract because he seemed pretty frustrated with the Red Sox and what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're definitely going to get a guy. Like, I don't think it needs to be on Grissom to be at shortstop next year because um, it's just such a big position. And also, like, Grissom is becoming a face of the franchise, just being one of the new baby Braves, but um, it's hard to replace Dansby as like a figurehead in that way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if we didn't re-sign Dansby, we'd go out and get somebody like Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts, and I think Tim Anderson's a free agent next year too. Somebody mm-hmm. just yeah, somebody big would be my guess. So either Dansby or a free agent. Um, and then looking around the rest of the diamond, I mean, everything's still pretty much the same. We got Darno one more year, so Darno and Contreras are still there. Um, and then you also got Pena as a third option too. Um, Guillermo, I don't think we're gonna re-sign him. I think that'll be the end. Uh, neither yeah. Adrianza. I forgot Adrianza's on the team at this point. He hasn't really done anything. Yeah, he's um, back. <laughs> but. Um, I don't. We'll definitely not re-sign Kinley because we got Rysel to be our closer for the next two or three years, um, and the bullpen will all look pretty similar. Rotation. I don't think we'll re-sign Charlie again because he's. I mean, he's old, and we paid him like 20 million for this year when we could have Mike Soroka pitching for like less than a million dollars. I mean, there's a chance that we go out, and I'll be fine with us signing like a big 
free agent guy. Like if we signed Degrom, I wouldn't, you know, be unhappy. Yeah, not not, not unhappy, but we can make we can make room for. We can, yeah, we can yeah. we can make room. But I think Ian will be back. Kyle Wright still be good. Freed, uh, Strider. We have no issues with starting pitching. I really, yeah, I don't think we're gonna resign Charlie because we got Elder and Muller behind them too. And Jared Schuster coming up quick. Um, it's another name to think of. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't really see us signing a big position player because um, we're kind of filled up. Uh, it'll be ma- mostly just depth. Um, that mm-hmm. would be if we did DFA Ozuna, which at this point it doesn't look like we will. I feel like we already would have. Um, mm-hmm. Unless he has an abysmal just nothing rest of the year. That's the only way I feel like it happens at this point. Or if he gets into another behavioral issue or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think DeGrom is pretty much the only big signing on our radar. Unless we don't re-sign Dansby, then maybe like Turner, Bogarts, mm. or Anderson. But all that, other, the rest of it will be the same. I think Grissom will start next year on the bench, mm. which is, I think, good. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it ask that question the person who asked that question if i didn't say it i'm sorry uh is aj evans he he talks to me a bunch sorry aj i got you now um but yeah one game back let's start this week uh let's go beat the a's and then we do have a tough series with the mariners coming up who are like 49 and 19 they're on um, fire. Yeah. They're on yeah. Fire. I think they're on a seven game win streak too. So love the M's, but hopefully we bring an end to that. It's uh, kind of a unstoppable force meets an immovable object type of yep. series. Yeah. Or we see just beat out. their lights out. I don't know. Hopefully we'll that, that'll, that'll also be nice. Yeah. But go Braves. We'll see you go next Braves. week.